You're listening to Entrepreneurs Unraveled, and I'm your host, Yun Jushin. Today, we are joined by Dio's co-founders, Alex Buziz and Xiao Wing. Dio is a SaaS company that provides payroll, compliance, and HR platform services, simplifying the process of hiring a global workforce. Alex, the co-founder and CEO of Dio, will tell us more about the company. I'm Alex Boziz. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Deal. We help companies go global and hire around the world. If you want to work with someone in a country where you don't have the infrastructure to do so, whether it's hiring them across the different work uh, way of hiring people, whether it's contractors, employees, opening your own entity, we do all of the back office for you so you can give them a great experience and start going global. So we started Deal in 2019. After that, through the lifetime of the company, we raised over $650 million. We are making over 100 million plus in revenue in ARR, and we have about 1,300 people in 80 plus countries working at Deal. Chapter one, co-founders with international backgrounds. Deal is essentially a platform that simplifies global connections among people. The concept of Deal, which aims to connect the workforce beyond international borders, largely stems from the diverse backgrounds of its co-founders. Alex has gained educational experiences in several countries, while Shuo immigrated from China. Let's dive into the two co-founders' stories. Throughout my life, I lived in different countries. I was born and raised in Paris, so I moved to Israel for my bachelor. I lived in the US for my master's and in the UK for my PhD. When I was a kid, my dream was always to be the CEO of Nintendo. So I don't think that one is gonna happen, at least for now. I just wanted to build something that made people happy and that ensured that they could do you know, whatever is best for them. Oh wow, Alex is extremely smart. He went to college at the age of 16, graduated at the age of 19, went to MIT at the age of 20, graduated from MIT at the age of 21. We met at school at MIT. There was this very popular math quiz and I just sent it to Alex and saying that hey you know Alex do this check it out. He did it like you know faster than me. I was like oh wow Alex is actually smart. <laughs> I grew up in China with my grandparents from my father's side because my mom was in the States. My mom was an entrepreneur as well. She built her own business. So when she first moved to the States, she had nothing, right? And then no English. She built her own business, uh, which imports scooters, motorcycles, golf carts from China, and then that wholesale for the entire America. So she was a very uh, successful businesswoman, I would think so, like based on her background. I moved to the States at the age of 16. First year was tough. I couldn't speak English. I took one year off to pick up my language and then study English. I studied very, very hard. First year of at MIT, you know the school buses? I was riding my bicycle, but the shuttle just knocked me over. It ran over my arm, this arm, yeah. I almost lost my arm, but I was thinking, what if I really lost it? This thing helped me to choose my major as a mechanical engineer for people like me, so that you know they can still use their robotic arm. Prior to founding Deal, both Alex and Shaw had experience starting their own startups. In 2016, Alex created a mobile app called Life Slice, which facilitated video creation. Shaw, on the other hand, co-founded Ares in 2015, a company that specialized in air purifiers. Ares gained significant success and recognition in the market. In 2021, iRobot, a home tech company well-known for its robot vacuum cleaner, Roomba, acquired Ares for a substantial amount of $72 million in cash. 
I always wanted to be a dropout. You know, it's a nice title for entrepreneurs. Well, actually, when I dropped out of my PhD in 2015 and started building companies, the beginning I thought videos was a great way to help people be happy and helping them create videos together. That was my first company. It was pretty tough because I definitely didn't get to product market fit. I kind of realized I'm not that good at consumer. You know, the whole idea of finding a growth hacking way to get a lot of people and to get to critical mass and like that's not really my thing. I think the most important thing is when you work through a company, you're never going to get it right the first time. You need to iterate a lot. If you add one more feature, if you add one more feature, things might actually work out. And this is like, it's kind of actually the, the hard part of being a, a product founder or like an entrepreneur. It, you start thinking that people just don't understand just yet, but if you do that one more thing, they might. It's kind of like a weird trap, right? Because you end up losing a lot of time instead of just realizing and iterating. What I understood from that is working a year and a half on a product that honestly no one really used. It was a waste of time, but a good experience. But that's something that we changed completely with every product that we built after, right? We changed from try to convince people to, to buy something they didn't want, right? To, to use something they didn't want, into just building something that we know they want because they're telling us and spending a lot of our time with our customers. Uh, so that's something like I definitely got really wrong the first time, but I think we fixed it a little bit the second time. At that time, I founded my first company. It's a consumer uh, electronics. The company name is called Aris. We design, build, manufacture air purifiers in Beijing. We did exit it, so we sold it to iRobot later on. Right? In that sense, it is a success. And then also, I learned a lot from that startup, understand more about how to build a strategy, how to build a business around the market, and then how to generate sales and then build channels and then distributions with other teams and other people, right? So those are the things that helped me to understand how to do sales, like, you know, for deal today, right? I'm pretty international, as you can hear. I met a lot of amazing people. And what I realized is that where you're from really does matter in terms of the opportunities you might get. So I had amazing people, amazing friends of mine when I was studying in the US that went back to their home country while others went to the Bay Area and the difference in salary was gigantic, right? Pretty fast I realized that I want to help those people get to work for the best companies in the world. So what we do at Deal is very simple. We help companies go global and hire around the world. If you want to work with someone in a country where you don't have the infrastructure to do so, whether it's hiring them you know, across the different work uh, way of hiring people, whether it's contractors, employees, or opening your own entity, we do all of the back office for you so you can give them a great experience and start going global. After Eris, I went to San Francisco, spent quite some time there, and then chatted with my good friend. His name is Florent, and then he was working at LinkedIn at that time. And he told me that he was able to work from home three days per week instead of five days uh, in, in the office. So I just think, uh, okay, if big companies like LinkedIn, like Google, are supporting that work from home model, that may be the big trend. Maybe a lot more companies, smaller companies, will want to support that. And also the technology there is very advanced because we have Slack, we have Zoom, we have Google Meet. People are just using those tools to work remotely. I just think, hey, this is the big trend. And then a company will hire like remotely outside of their own state, country, or city. And I think if this is the trend, the biggest problem that we can solve is payments and the compliance and the local labor laws. For very different reasons, we saw the same problems. For her, you know, she was in China and, you know, Ramenbi is a complex currency and hiring people outside of China was complex for her. For me, it was more about my friends that I knew were amazing but just didn't have opportunities. So there were, there were a lot of similarities into the problem but from different angles, which 
really made it very interesting, right, from a complexity perspective. So that's when we started and eventually, uh, you know, hired amazing people. I mean, I could go on, right, because now we're 1,300 people, but uh, hired a lot of amazing people around the world to help us build. Chapter 2. How Dio raised $629 million without a pitch deck. Deal is solving the problem of dealing with complex paperwork related to payrolls and compliance when hiring global talent. This problem has been getting bigger by the COVID-19 pandemic and the increasing trend of remote work. Here's a snippet of Alex explaining Deal's main concept during the Y Combinator pitch. Deal is gusto for international contractors. Today, 20 million international contractors get paid over $30 billion a year working for a U.S. company. And you know what? The process of onboarding and paying those contractors is terrible. In fact, it kind of looks like this. You need a spreadsheet for their time, a spreadsheet for their info, tons of different payment methods, and so many tax and compliance documents. At Deal, we make it simple. We manage contracts payments, taxes, all in one single interface, which means no more paperwork, and we do this globally. So at the beginning, we even built a crypto payments product because crypto at that time was very, very popular. Our first product was, which is a performance-based payment system. If you finish a project, if you finish a milestone, you will get paid automatically. But the product is super complicated. Uh, we were trying to ask uh, like founders to use us, but it is so hard. We didn't acquire any users within the first two weeks of Y Combinator. We think, okay, there is a problem. Everyone loves the idea, but uh, the product itself is just not uh, easy, very user-friendly to use. And then I think the very first product we started was uh, PayPal payouts. It's a funny story because when we started Deal, we tried to go first to the end user. So we went to see like freelancers and we said, hey, this is a product that's going to help you get paid and you're going to have more control and it's going to be more compliant and all of that. Sure, my co-founder and I we used to sit down and message hundreds of people per day and try to convince those freelancers to ask their clients to pay them. And then very quickly we realized in the power dynamics, a freelancer or a person working as an independent contractor, right, which was our focus at the time, never really has the upper hand, right? They're just happy usually to even get paid. So the go-to-market was completely wrong. So we switched and we started focusing on the customers themselves and the clients, right, and telling them, hey, like we want to give you a great solution so that you can start paying your team globally and give them a great experience. And that worked out a little better, right? Because when you used to get one customer, you'd have all of their team on the platform as well. At the very beginning, it's all about market validation and product validation, right? So you don't need 100,000 customers. You need the first 100, right? That are going to really love your product and give you the right customer feedback so you can iterate for them. The purpose of a SaaS company is to make another company become efficient, right? So that you, they do not need to do a lot of things manually. They can use, leverage this product to build an automated system. And then I think if the product cannot build an automated system, cannot provide a really, really good client experience, and in the end, save, make uh, their team become productive or save their efficiency, I think this is a failure of the product. And then I think a client experience, product market fit are the key 
for uh, B2B business and so that they can grow together. Both companies can grow together. I think for me, the aha moment is uh, our Series A investor, Andreessen, reached out to us, said they want to invest in us. And that is at the beginning of the pandemic. And I just think that, hey, you know, this is definitely a big trend. Are people hiring globally? For sure. Were they going to hire globally? For sure. A lot of much larger companies were left with no solution. I remember a Fortune 1000 company coming to us very early on and telling me, my director of engineering is relocating to Croatia to be with his family during COVID. What am I going to do? And they had no solution, right? Because they didn't have an entity in Croatia, but they wanted to keep employing them and they wanted to be compliant. So what this enabled us is to tap into much larger accounts much earlier on because they had no solution other than ours. So timing to market was really great. We started realizing, hey, we've got enough inbound that someone else could come and start selling, right? We understand the sales process enough for someone else to do it, which is very important, right? As an entrepreneur, if you can sell, no one else can sell. When you get there to a point where you think, I can start scaling my sales cycle, that's the right point to start hiring. As a chief revenue officer, I care a lot about numbers. I care a lot about the revenue targets, right? So I think the biggest achievement is we're the fastest growing SaaS company in history. We grow from $1 million to $100 million within 20 months. We were at $50 million in revenue at the end of last year. And from December 2021 to March 2022, we doubled our revenue from 50 million to 100 million. So that is definitely the exponential growth period, right? Why do you think you need offices? See, I have never worked in an office, so I don't know either. If you look at Dill, we raised every single one of our funding round remotely. I was joking around with, your employee works in floor 10 and the other one works in floor one. They're working remotely from one another. They don't even know each other. And probably will never talk to each other, right? So what's the difference, really? If I look at the pros and the cons, of course, if you could put all 1,300 people in this room with me today, I'll be the happiest person. I love my team. I love spending time with them. But the pros versus cons of being able to hire the best talent versus being forced into hiring in a 30 miles radius, it's outweighed like crazy, right? The reason why we've been able even to get to hiring over 1,200 plus people in less than a year is because we're not limiting ourselves to, you know, one simple radius of everybody has to come to the office, right? I think talent and opportunities and just, you know, the, the hunger that people globally have to get to work for great companies definitely outweighs uh, being in an office. Chapter 3, Deal's Principle and Mission. Deal's mission is to make it easier than ever for companies to hire whoever they want, wherever they live. Alex and Shul talks about the mission and culture Deal has in detail. Also, they share some of the mindsets they have as startup entrepreneurs. Since day one, we're not only a US-focused company. At the very beginning, uh, we set up like a small sales teams in many different regions. So we have coverage in EMEA, in APAC, in Latin America, in North America. Even though it is very small, just one person to start with, but it helped us to build the infrastructure, build the fundamentals. And the one we have this product market fit, in 2020, it is very easy for us to scale to a good magnitude. We have something called deal principles. You know, our principles are very focused on like, we're always working on that, it's always a work in progress, but it's basically, uh, what does it mean to be a deal? Like, what do you represent toward our customers, towards other internal people? And, you know, each one of them really, I think, represents what matters to us as a company. Uh, my favorite one is deal speed. So this idea of let's get stuff done and let's get them done fast and best for the customers with the most customer care. Uh, this has been 
kind of like the main driver and we're actually known for that one as well. And you know, it's the concept of if there's something in front of you today, don't do it tomorrow, do it right now. We care about our customers and we get stuff done really fast. We do things today, we don't push them to tomorrow. Usually a lot of people, a lot of hungry people that want to be successful, that want to do things right, they truly align to it. It's very contagious, right? Like when you have people that are working and really doing their best and bringing their best to work and contributing so much, then you want to do it too, right? Like you want to be like them. And that's the environment that I think this value has brought to them. If you combine trusting people and having a very, very strong data and KPI model, you know, the output that people need to get in order for you to be happy with their work, then you're able to scale the company much faster, right? Uh, as a founder, I do a lot of sports. I tried boxing, I tried Muay Thai. I would love to learn Krav Maga. There are three things that we should value the most. Physically active, emotionally stable, and then mentally healthy. If we can do all three, we're in a very happy state. I do a lot of sports and then also uh, emotionally stable. That is very important for a founder when you come to communicate with other people, right? Because shit happens. There are a lot of random stuff like happening every single day. And if you get mad for every single time, and if you get upset for every single situation, you're done, right? So it is very tiring. So you need to be emotionally stable and calm down. And then when things happen, like, you know, you have the energy and you have the solution to you know, no one is going to tell you now is the good time. So you are the person that needs to tell yourself, I want to try, I want to do it. And it's a mind trick that you're doing to yourself if you think something is going to happen in your life that's going to change it, right? Whenever you think it's the right time, whatever the characteristic that you have are, that's when you should do it. Then you always have things that tells you, maybe later, maybe another time, or you know, I'll wait for this, or I'll wait for that timeline to start. Like, you know, spend a couple hours a day on your idea, see what happens and maybe you'll start working on it and love it even more. Silicon Valley is more than a place, it's a network and it's, a, it's people. And the mindset in the Valley, as actually very similarly in Israel, is the mindset of people that think they can do it, think they can build, think very naively that if they just try really hard, they'll, they'll achieve something. And that mindset is very special, right? It's the mindset of who cares if you fail, right? Just try really hard, work on something you care about. Maybe you, did, you were not employed for a year or two and you might not have gotten that, which is very tough, right? When you don't have that. But if you have the opportunity to do it, take your chance, right? You only live once, so might as well you give it your all and you have fun doing it. Globalization is inevitable. The world is becoming and hopefully will become a smaller place and we want to be the infrastructure to make this happen. We want to help hundreds of millions of people get to work for the best companies in the world and we want to make that smooth, right? We want you to be able to think, actually to not have to think, where is that person when thinking about hiring them? And building the whole infrastructure is going to be the key of the world of tomorrow. That's how we think about it. So I'm a little biased, but I think Deal can be a world-changing company if we execute. You know, our, our cycle is like, today we already cover a big scope, right? Hiring people as contractors. We have 90 plus entities around the world where you can employ people, where you don't have entities. Now we run global payroll across like all different countries for our customers, immigration. So, you know, we're stacking up and we've got a, a lot more products coming. On our upcoming episode, we'll be featuring David Lee, the CEO of IUNO. IUNO is a media localization service provider working with streaming services such as Netflix, Amazon, Disney, and HBO. Remember to hit the subscribe button to stay updated on our upcoming episode. Thank you for tuning in.